airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, Sherry B is over in Studio CC, mm-hmm. and we thank you for listening, being right where it is that you are. We appreciate that, whether or not you're listening uh, via podcast or listening in real time on the radio mm-hmm. or listening via the app. All of those things are important, significant, and that's an investment of your time. Um, I look at the things that I do with my time as like, you know, not going to get those minutes back. <laughs> yeah. So you want to really make sure they count. And uh, it means a lot that you're investing some minutes of your life uh, listening to this program. So thank yes. you so much for doing that. I know, Will, you've been mm-hmm. doing something and you do a great job of this when I'm not here. Um, I noticed that you do housekeeping early on and oh. you don't tend to have those moments that I have where I'm like, man, I forgot to mention that. Um, but <laughs> that's just the way your personality is. You're way more structured than I am. I feel like I kind of come out of the gate like, you know, the the Bronco bucking, you know, that kind of like, <laughs> boom, it's it's time to go. And you are more calculated. It's like, well, you know, well, hold on. Let's do what we need to do first. I have, then boom. I have a bunch of like notes and stuff. That's why, okay. you know, I, I have to have papers and written, you know, stuff written down. But anyway, yeah. the the uh, announcements or the uh, housekeeping that I will have for today would be <laughs> make sure you go to uh, AFR.net if you want to uh, download the podcast, AFR.net slash podcast. And also, if you want to email us, go to Addison's at AFR.net, Addison's, A-D-D-I-S-O-N-S, at AFR.net. And also make sure uh, that you're signing up, uh, that you have signed up for the daily news brief from One News Now, if you're looking for news from a Christian perspective, because we know that there are a lot of places that are not reporting all of the news. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, there's some uh, some su- uh, suppression going on. There's uh, news being kept away. There's fake news and false things being put out there. But go to onenewsnow.com and you can sign up for the daily news brief. And so, uh, yeah, that's my announcements for today. Very good. Very, yeah. very good. I want to say this. Uh, we Today, you know, we kind of alluded to this yesterday, thinking about how did we get to where we are as a nation yes. and um, why are we seeing the kinds of things happen in our country that we're seeing happen um, I would submit very strongly mm-hmm. uh, that what we are experiencing right now is spiritual. Yes. And one of the things that I have observed, and I think we kind of will unpack this, is that I believe that by God's sovereign hand and what he did um, in the raising up of this nation, the establishing mm. of this nation, um, was almost like a spiritual kind of like pact right like between us and him right like the (laughs) people of this country and him and um and whether or not we know it right uh we have been on the receiving end of the bounty of it Mm -hmm. right the the i will i will raise you up i will bless you um but you've got to live a certain way before me and this is very reminiscent of what god did with israel right taking people who were not people making them a people um building a nation and protecting and guiding that nation 
Um, And so one of the things that I have observed is that it appears to me that our behavior in this country has invited the judgment of God on our nation. And it also appears to me that the judgment of God is greater immoral behavior. So the Mm. behavior increases, right? It's our behavior has brought judgment and that judgment is more of that behavior, Mm. if that makes sense, right? So that's why it seems to be increasingly like wicked. We see more and more of it. Well, that is because God is allowing us to live as if we were a nation that did not know him, Mm. that did not have his providence, did not have his protection in the development of this nation. And there is no way, and that's why I love, you know, when you read the Old Testament, which we need to take the entire word of God, and there's no way to, you know, you want to parse it out and all of that, because uh, God wants us to know him. So he reveals to us who he is, his character and his nature, and there are things that you just cannot deny. In fact, what Job even understood, if you look at Job chapter 12, I'm going to read verses, um, I'm going to read verses 23 through 25. Um. Well, yeah, I'll read verses 23 through 25. This is Job chapter 12. Um, The Bible says he, speaking of the Lord God, he makes nations great Mm. and he destroys them. Mm. He enlarges nations and he leads them away. Right. This is this is what we have to understand about the sovereignty of God. So many people are uncomfortable with that. It's because they want to be God. Right. They have a problem with God's power. They have a problem with God's sovereignty. It's because they have not really developed or unpacked their secret desire to be God. They want to operate. They would call it autonomously. Well, yeah, you do have freedom. You do have liberty, but that does not make you equal to God. Right. It is, in fact, what he has given you. You operate within the realm of what God has given you. And so we are we are uncomfortable with understanding that God intervenes directly to bring about his purpose. Yeah. Right. Because people have a hard time. Does the Lord raise up and destroy nations? Well, the word of God says that he does. Right. So God wants us to know this about him. This is, again, Job chapter 12, verses 23 through 25. He makes nations great and he destroys them. He enlarges nations and leads them away. He takes away understanding from the chiefs of the people of the earth Mm. and makes them wander in a trackless waste. Wow. (laughs) Verse 25, they grope in the dark without light and he makes them stagger like a drunken man. So in other words, it's it's not just this sort of like, you know, you, we're looking for um, the natural effects of weather on a nation, on a country like, oh, my goodness, it's just been pummeled. It's been destroyed. No, we also look at the fact that when you have people in positions of leadership, this would be, as Job is referring, the chiefs, mm. the chiefs, those who are the heads, those who lead. Right. Who don't have understanding. Yeah who are wandering around groping as it were in darkness, right? This, this will be, this is God's doing. And why does he do this? Because he's God. He is showing who he is. Now, the question that we have to ask is, is there a greater responsibility for a nation that exists almost the way the prophet Ezekiel described Israel, Mm. describing Jerusalem, what God did for these people. And when I read this and Will and I had a talk about this last week, So this has kind of been simmering, right? We've been thinking about this and praying through this, like, Lord, this is what this appears to be what what we are seeing here. Right. So when the Lord points out that, you know, I have done these things for you. okay, you shouldn't exist as a nation. By the way, that's God's judgment comes upon nations. 
right? It comes up on nations, Mm -hmm. tribes, tongues, right? When we talk about people groups. So, So our country is a nation. It is a country. Right. And we can be as divided as we want to be within this nation. But the judgment of God falls on the nation. Mm. <laughs> OK, Man, so, so it's not going to fall on all the white people, <laughs> right. all the black people, right. all the Asian people, all the Hispanic. No, it's going to fall. The judgment falls on the United States of America. Why? Because in the founding of this country, God did some miraculous things, everybody. Yeah. Like God did there to say nothing of the actual physical force that God allowed, you know, for there to be victories. And, and, and the reason I say the physical force because is because there are some aspects of our founding that I think man could take credit for, mm-hmm. right? You say the, 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 the smarts of, of Washington, mm-hmm. right? You, mm-hmm. you could talk about that. You could talk about the battles and all of those things. And those things are hugely significant. I would say glory to God for those things as well. Yeah. Like I don't see those things apart from God's sovereignty. But then you take things like, the weather conditions mm-hmm. over which man has no control, right, right, no control. Right. I, I'm, we're going to share some of these stories and, and, today. And look, go the, ahead. The thing that's amazing to me about when you think about like great countries, great nations, when you think about Babylon, you think about mm-hmm. Rome, you know, they didn't start off from what I understand of it. Like Israel did, you know, or like mm-hmm. even the United States, you mm-hmm. know, having like like you said, a, a agreement with with God, like we're going to mm-hmm. go by these principles laid out by the word of God. Mm-hmm. And so when you look even when, even when you look at those great uh, nations, it's kind of like, yeah, but they didn't. I don't think they started off, you know, let's say like America, where mm-hmm. we weren't supposed to be. America like we shouldn't have existed you know we should have been defeated you know Mm -hmm. but God in his sovereignty allowed this nation to thrive I think for the furtherance of the gospel yes yes around the world that's right that's right and here's the thing and and this is where I think is the greatest sort of um like this is what pins us down as far as accountability is concerned. What makes us most accountable is that while these things are happening, you actually have soldier accounts, uh, George Washington himself, who says there is no way that we could have done that except for the hand of Providence. (laughs) So when you have in real time individuals who are there, this is not just us sort of zooming out and getting this panoramic and looking back and saying, Whoa, that was against all odds. That must have been God. No, these people in real time Mm -hmm. are saying we could not have done that without God. Because who, as they understand, as we would do well to understand, Mm -hmm. who is controlling the weather? (laughs) Who is causing a fog to cover up (laughs) the American soldiers? Look, we're going to we're going to look at it. There is there was a. I don't want to let's build. Okay, all right? let's build. Let's just build because Cause there you want to run. You talk about me. I, I get excited though. <laughs> I do. And then yeah, I do want to run. But but let's build here. Okay. Because there is a, almost a giddy excitement that when you look back and you can do a comparison, <laughs> we learn something about the character and the nature of God. That if God enters into sort of an agreement with a nation, like and God keeps records. Hmm. Okay. He keeps records. <laughs> Our God is in the heavens. 
He does whatever pleases him. Mm -hmm. And he keeps records of what he's doing. And he reminds a people of what he is doing and what he has done. And Mm. in fact, he even establishes like ongoingly a relationship with a people Mm -hmm. by reminding them of what he's done for them in the past. And he has so much love and grace that he even sends prophets. Correct. (laughs) To remind them as well. (laughs) Absolutely. And so, so listen, and I said this yesterday and I think it bears repeating. Mm -hmm. I do not, I am not a, I don't, I'm, I don't believe in replacement theology. I I believe that if you read the scriptures, Mm -hmm. old and new Testament, there is a specific group of people with whom the Lord will do business and has done business. All right. And, and, and (laughs) so I don't, I don't think that we need to just flippantly put ourselves in that position. In fact, if you look at the apostle Paul, let's go to the new Testament here for an example. Mm -hmm. The apostle Paul makes it clear that there is still business to be done with Israel. Mm -hmm. He calls them my people according to the flesh, Mm -hmm. right? Like there, there is still a desire for quote unquote, my people to be saved. All right. Like there's not this. So there is no such thing as, oh, we are those people. That's that's the Bible doesn't support that. Okay, you can feel that way. You can have been taught that. I know some people who have been taught that and they're very comfortable with that. Um, The Bible doesn't support it. So you can have your thoughts, but you can't make them biblical. Right. (laughs) Only the only what's biblical is biblical. I'm so profound. (laughs) Only what's biblical is biblical. That's what you got to tell people. Right. Like you can have what you like. Um, but that doesn't make it biblical just because you like it. You need to read the Bible to know what's biblical. (laughs) So what I'm saying is this, we are not replacing Israel. What I'm saying here today is not trying to make America compete. All right. With, with Israel. Right. Or say, look at this. We are them. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, um, the Lord has left us a record of his dealings with the people that he has a specific purpose for. And then they violate it. Mm hmm. They they go against him, you know, and and he he has this way of if you read the scriptures, reminding them continually that look at what I have done for you. Hmm. Like, I mean, it's God is so long suffering. He is so long suffering. We know nothing of this. Right. Because for so many of us, I think that when we look at the things, if we if we were able and and this is even limited, like we we can't even conceptualize rebellion the way that God conceptualizes rebellion because we are rebellious. (laughs) So it doesn't even mean the same thing that it means to us. And we can look at it and be like, that's awful. So imagine to holy and righteous God. Right. Right. Imagine that. Right. Who is perfect, pure in all his ways. Oh, Lord. To see the rebellion of a people that he's entered into an agreement with Mm. and blessed at every corner, at every turn. Imagine when you reach the point where your nation is in such rebellion against that God who established the nation. Could have allowed all of these efforts to be overturned in a second. Yeah. What's left? All right. We'll dig into this a little bit more. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. country my home and life proud to stand and fight for the stars and stripes brave men and women chose to sacrifice so we can live in freedom and have our rights you might not like my guns or my faith but i'm an american son by god's grace tried and true born and raised and it's a million more like me across the state this is the home of the brave and land of the free if you don't love this country you can pack up and leave 
soldiers, teachers, farmers, preachers. God bless them all. We pray for the leaders. Hard working Somebody's like, wait, no, don't stop that one, brother. <laughs> so like, wait, wait we, we want to get back to the show, but hold, hold your horses here. Hold up just a second. I was, I was digging what the brother was saying. He, wait a minute. I, that's a good one, Will. What are you doing, brother? She'll be there for a minute. She can talk later. <laughs> no, we got some points to make, though. Welcome back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Oh, man, we need to do riding tours of people in our car. Just let them enjoy music with us and the kids. Um, we, we could charge for that. Stuff. Oh, man. I say a nickel a ride. Just I a nickel. I need to do Aaron Addison's playlist so people you can should. see what we... <laughs> this, this is it's how we make diverse. it around. <laughs> it's going to be diverse, It man. really is. I think people would be surprised. Anyways, um, there you go. That's a little country rap right there. And people are like, see, I like that. <laughs> Actually, they said, see, I likes that. <laughs> Anyways, um, Sherry oh, B's man. over in Studio CC. Let's move on. Yes. Uh, we're talking about how did we get to where we are? You know, mm-hmm. what is it that the Lord has done in this country that um, he has a right? And look, forgive me if I say anything that is kind of obvious and seems like, I mean, of course, God has the right. You know what I mean? But but we have to use these terms, right? Mm-hmm. He has the right to judge us. All right. The establishment of this nation and God's intervention um, and, and to say nothing of the fact that he is God, even if he had not intervened, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Um, he has the right to judge us. That's and right. so the reason we're setting this up and, and we're going to really drill down in, in this, um, I, I would say, as we wrap up the year and then going into the next year is because there is hope. But first, you have to accurately diagnose the sickness, right? Mm-hmm. You have to know why we're here and how can we reposition ourselves? What is it that we are responsible for doing? Uh, in this country. So I want you to listen to this because this is so interesting. Like I couldn't help, but um, as I was reading this, I was thinking about the character and the nature of God. And then of course I started thinking about um, America and her founding and, and what God did. And, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, you are that same God. You allow for nations um, to, to, to rise up. You, you in fact do this. And then also for them to be demolished, for them to be destroyed. And so look, look at this. This is what the prophet Ezekiel said. Um, when when talking about God's relationship with Jerusalem, with his people and how um, and all that he has done for them or all that he had done for them, mm-hmm. that they forgot about that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, again, God keeps records. So here we this is Ezekiel chapter 16. And just listen to this. Right. Ezekiel chapter 16. I'm going to start at verse one it says again, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, make known to Jerusalem her abominations and say, thus says the Lord God to Jerusalem. Your origin and your birth are of the land of the Canaanites. Your father was an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. And as for your birth, on the day you were born, your cord was not cut, nor were you washed with water to cleanse you, nor rubbed with salt, nor wrapped in swaddling cloths. No, I pitied you to do any of these things to you out of compassion for you, but you were cast out on the open field for you were abhorred. On the day that you were born. Mm. Wow. And when I passed by you and saw you wallowing in your blood, <laughs> I said to you in your blood, live. I said to you in your blood, live. This is repeated. Mm. I made you flourish like a plant of the field and you grew up and became tall and arrived at full adornment. Your breasts were formed and your hair had grown, yet you were naked and bare. When I passed by you again and saw you, behold, you were at the age for love 
and I spread the corner of my garment over you and covered your nakedness. Mm. I made my vow to you and entered into covenant with you, declares the Lord God, and you became mine. Then I bathed you with water and washed off your blood from you and anointed you with oil. I clothed you also with embroidered cloth and shod you with fine leather. I wrapped you in fine linen and covered you with silk. And I adorned you with ornaments and put bracelets on your wrists and a chain on your neck. And I put a ring on your nose and earrings in your ears and a beautiful crown on your head. (laughs) Thus, you were adorned with gold and silver. And your clothing was of fine linen and silk and embroidered cloth. You ate fine flour and honey and oil. (laughs) You grew exceedingly beautiful and advanced to royalty. Mm. (laughs) Can you follow this progression though, Will? Like, can you see like the Lord is saying, look at every turn when what should have been done for you was not done for you, except (laughs) that I did it. Yep. I'm the, I did it. Yep. Right. Nobody pitied you. Nobody, (laughs) nobody pitied (laughs) you. Yeah. I mean, look, the, <laughs> the British were coming not to say congratulations. <laughs> they they weren't they weren't coming here to say, hey, I like your new nation. Right. Like this. I mean, right. let's let's come on. Right. All right. Verse 14. And your renown went forth among the nations because of your beauty. I'm going to read verse 14 again. Mm. And your renown mm-hmm. went forth among the nations because of your beauty. For it was perfect through the splendor that I had bestowed on you, declares the Lord God. Mm. Every nation around the world looks to us. They are looking to us. We have set the standard in the world, whether they like it or not. There are some who hate to love us. (laughs) They hate it that they love us, right? They hate it that they need us. They hate it that they look to us for influence. Like, okay, where are we going? What are we doing? Well, check America. What's America doing? That's not America's doing. Right. That is God's doing. Amen. Do you understand the splendor that we have, the resources that we have, the ability to get wealth and all of these things? The Bible tells us clearly that it's the Lord who gives you this ability. That's right. Right. So the wealth, man, I'm telling you the things, man, if you look at the progression in the, the establishment of our of our country and how different things have kind of set the standard around the world that are America, they are let me, uh, American mm-hmm. at its at its core. Right. Like we made that a thing. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, this big love for cars and, and all of this and the, and the way cars are designed. Right. Like, um, I mean, Sears catalogs, things like, you know, all of these things that become like common ways that mm-hmm. we like, which was actually, I would say the forerunner to our online shopping. Right, right. Right? I mean, we were, (laughs) before Amazon, you had Sears, okay? (laughs) But that was not a thing, except that we made it a thing. And how is it that we have become a thing, except that God made us something? That's right. Right? That God arrayed us with that kind of splendor, that he dressed us like that. How is it, you know, to say it in, you know, you know, modern everyday common vernacular how is it that america's got it like that because um, because america was given it like that by god mm. and if you think that the lord is you know sometimes we have this picture of god like you know i remember we used to do these skits you know for outreach in, mm-hmm. in college you know and people have these different ideas of who god is it's like um god is so detached from the world he's like this old grandpa you know i'm i made i made a place i don't know where i put it where are my glasses <laughs> Right. 
so that the Lord God would establish a country and then all of a sudden forget that he established that country. He established that nation. We are not great without God. That's right. And it is God who's made us great. So what am I building up to say here? I'm building up to say here that the Lord has not forgotten that. But we have turned away from God. We have collectively turned away from God. We have made other things God in this country. Mm-hmm. In fact, the Lord, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to drop down here, but the Lord even um, chastises Jerusalem saying that you took what I gave you and used those things to, to rebel against me. <laughs> Right. He he refers to it. And, I, and I'll, I'll you know, the word of God is a word of God. I'm not going to make any apologies for it, but I'll be careful here. But basically, the Lord refers to it as a form of prostitution. That's right. I mean, that's, that's right. just the word. That's the word of God. Yeah. B- basically, you cheated on me. Yep. Exactly. You you cheated on me. I made you a thing and you were not a thing. You should not have even lived. The very basic things that you needed, you didn't have. No one else was going to give that to you. I gave that to you and you cheated on me. You were not desirable. I made you desirable. Then you took, and this is what God says about Jerusalem through the prophet Ezekiel. Mm -hmm. He's saying, you took what I gave you, the beauty that I gave you, and then use that to draw other nations to yourself and then be a harlot with them. Come on, man. Guys, if this is not a picture, the riches and the greatness that we have in the United States of America, we have used that to export wickedness. Yep. Come on, man. Yep. And where it was used primarily and what it was used for, for the propagation of the gospel. Now we're putting all kind of other stuff around the world, you yes. know, and saying we're not going to give you money unless. That's right. You uptake th- You take this agenda. You take this, you know, way of thinking. We, we are not going to give you money unless. Man, that's wicked. It is wicked. And God sees that. God sees that that is not something we cannot think that we are too great to be judged by God. You see, that's where you get into trouble. God sees that. Absolutely. In Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 16. The prophet writes this. You took uh, this is what the Lord God is saying to Jerusalem. OK, says you took some of your garments and made for yourself colorful shrines and on them played the whore. This is what the scriptures say. Mm hmm. The like has never been nor ever shall be. Verse 17. You also took your beautiful jewels of my gold and of my silver, which I had given you and made for yourself images of men and with them played the whore. This is what the scriptures say. Mm. In verse 18. And you took your embroidered garments to cover them and set my oil and my incense before them. Also, my bread that I gave you, I fed you with fine flour and oil and honey. You set before them for a pleasing aroma. Mm, man. And and let's not stop there. And so it was, declares the Lord God. And you took your sons and your daughters whom you had borne to me. And these you sacrificed to them to be devoured. Mm. Now, listen, in verse 22, the Lord says, and in all your abominations and your whorings, you did not remember the days of your youth when you were naked and bare, wallowing in your blood. In other words, God is saying, I entered into a covenant with you. I took care of you. I adorned you. I made sure that you lived. I blessed you. 
I mean, look, the gold and the silver and all of that stuff, that's extra. I mean, God could have stopped that. I made you live. Right. But what God is saying is that the things that I have given you, you have taken what I have given you and you have made idols out of that. You have you've cheated on me. And look, you know, and I know you didn't read uh, 21, but he says you slaughtered my children Mm -hmm. and offered them up to idols. By causing them to pass through the fire. And we know it's oh, talking yes. about that's right. Moloch. You know, but man, we have slaughtered so many children in mm-hmm. America. And we have brought that to other countries, wanting them to do the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, wickedness. Yes. Yes. Listen, the scriptures um, go on and you can read chapter 16 of Ezekiel in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Um, but the scriptures go on to talk about Basically, the case that God has against Jerusalem and how he has made Jerusalem who Jerusalem was mm-hmm. and and Jerusalem turned against the Lord God. But also the Lord says, even the nations that surrounded you that were wicked, your wickedness exceeded theirs. Mm-hmm. Now, that's difficult, right? Because you're like, wait, no, but it's God's people. And I think for so many of us, we're like, but wait, we're America. We cannot be more wicked than other nations who don't know God. Like, I mean, come on, we're a Christian nation. I would submit to you strongly. We are post-Christian nation. Yeah. We are a post-Christian nation. I would like to hear that, but man, that's the truth. You have to operate that way because if we're going to turn our nation around, listen, if we're going to turn our nation around, then what we need to be doing is making converts. Hmm. If our nation is so, but if you continue just saying our nation is a Christian nation, our nation is a Christian nation, then what you're kidding yourself in and in, in thinking is that it's made up primarily of genuine Christians. <laughs> so you don't need evangelism. You don't need discipleship. You don't need training and righteousness and godliness. But what you should be saying is that our nation is post-Christian. We have turned away from God mm-hmm. and all of our dealings, the things that we are celebrating in this country, the things that we are normalizing in this country with every story that unfolds on one news. Now with every story that unfolds all across this network on the different shows, every story you should be saying to yourself, mm, another indication that we are a post-Christian nation, because what that means is that you've got to do a greater job of evangelism. If you want a great nation, if you want a great nation, you need great people. And if you want a great people, you need a moral people. America cannot function without that. And that's where we are now. But I'm going to tell you the reason we are here and the reason we are not functioning the way we're supposed to function is because we don't have a moral people. And so if we want a moral people, we need a people who fear God, who understand that the Lord God is just, mm. right? Amen. This is an incredible work that we have to do, but it is a work of the spirit yeah. as well. That hearts are converted. Now, now let me say this. Um, unless, Will the Great, unless you... I, no, that's good. You, okay. Keep going. So, so when you look back at the founding of our nation, um, yes. Bill Federer... Mm-hmm. does an incredible job. He's written a few books on the miraculous founding of this nation. I want to say his wife maybe wrote one as well, just um, after listening to several of her husband's presentations, <laughs> decided to put together. Well, she a probably book. can write a few books. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, so our country has enjoyed the favor of God. There is no doubt about it. Yeah. Look, even our nation's enemies have said, all right, man, there is, there's something that kind of, 
protects and preserves America. <laughs> there is there is something. I would say um, not a thing, mm. right? I would say not a thing. I would say someone. And I would say God in his mercy has protected our country. God in his mercy has given our country the kind of influence and power and status and stature that we enjoy. Yeah. But we squandered it. And, and one of the reasons we squandered it is because as we have moved further and further away from God, we thought that it was our hand that did it, mm. our independent greatness that did it. All right, Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio will break and be right back. America, America, God shed His grace on thee. We've come too far, we've been through too much. Why would we ever leave? Oh man, I really needed that part that uh, he was there from the beginning. Like, uh, when we when we won our oh, liberty, yeah. I think is what he says. I can't remember. Sorry yes. about that, John. Um, <laughs> but it's it's very moving when you hear it, and especially since we're about to go through a little bit of history. Mm. Um, oh, you let me down, mm. Will. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're like, girl, you never satisfied. Come on, man, I gave you the song. That's. I'm just kidding. Here we I'm go. just kidding. Yes, we've forgotten that. We've forgotten that. The wickedness that we see um, is meant, I think, for a period of time to grab our attention. And my concern, I'll tell you, my concern, and I don't know this to be true or not. I I don't know that we have passed the point of the attention grabbing of the wickedness. And Mm. now we are just in the judgment here. You know, I I don't know that. My, My prayer is that. The Lord has mercy on us again. Why? Because there are still people who need to come to faith. And this gospel must be preached all around the world. Amen. Right? And so, you know, look, we I don't want it to be that we have outlived our purpose. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? I don't want that to be a, uh, true of us. Right. So, so if there's a way that we can grab our nation's attention, if the righteous can grab our nation's attention and say, whoa, we've got to turn back to God, then then there is hope, right? There's still hope. But if we're going to save a nation, it's going to be through the gospel. It's going to be through the gospel. In fact, the gospel is not only how God saved this nation from the beginning, but it's how God has saved civilization. (laughs) All right? I mean, just around the world, the gospel changes civilization. And I know people are like, oh, that is so narrow-minded. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> because the way is narrow. I'm trying to help you here. <laughs> yeah, It's yeah. not wide. It's not at all wide. It's going to be through the gospel that our nation is saved. And I'm going to tell you specifically here, and, and I was thinking about this um, earlier this morning, um, youth ministry mm-hmm. must henceforth <laughs> never be treated as an afterthought in our churches. Hmm. All of the ministry efforts that we exert mm-hmm. must be important. Amen. But if I had to put my finger on one and say, 
if you're going to give the greatest attention to it, it must be this next generation that's now. You've got to make sure that those people have the gospel and are truly converted and discipled. If your aim, if, if you're thinking about saving the nation, hey, I gotta, just will say that. Yeah, go ahead. Start a little younger than that too. Correct. Yeah. You know, if you have a, what they call children's church. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, don't let it just be juice and crackers and come on, come on we're going to babysit, man. Like that's how we've gotten here. And that's the church. That's not yeah. speaking of the home. Like what Correct. we need to do at home. That should be number one. And the church should be right alongside helping you know, to, to uh, gird our, our kids up so they'd be You're able so to right. stand. You are so right. So look at this. Let's, mm-hmm. let's talk George Washington, right? And, and this is from, well, several different books kind of compiled in an article I was reading. But one of the books that I think, just to draw your attention to, Miracles mm-hmm. in American History, okay. Miracles in American History by Federer. Um, you're going to want to look that up uh, because I think it ties in nicely to, to what we're talking about today. Yeah. So here we go. George Washington played a leading role in the American Revolution and the nation's founding. His solid character and firm convictions were key factors in molding the nature and outlook of America. Mm. However, the fact that he lived to lead this young nation appears due to what was called divine providence, the intervention of God in mankind's affairs for a purpose. In 1755, during the French and Indian War, 23-year-old Colonel Washington was one of 1,400 British troops under the command of General Braddock, marching to capture Fort de Quesne, I think that's how you say that. Somebody will correct me near Pittsburgh when they were attacked by a French and Indian force during the battle. Braddock was killed and every officer on horseback was shot except Washington. (laughs) The young colonel later wrote to his brother, quote, but by the all powerful dispensations of Providence, I have been protected beyond all human probability or expectation (laughs) For I had four bullets through my coat and two horses shot under me, yet escaped unhurt, Mm. although death was leveling my companions on every side of me, end quote. That's what Washington wrote. Yeah. A Native American who fought in the battle later stated, quote, Washington was never born to be killed by a bullet. I had 17 fair (laughs) fires at him with my rifle and after all could not bring him to the ground in quote. Years later, during the early spring of 1776 with the British in control of Boston, Washington ordered cannons brought through the snow from Fort Ticonderoga, some 300 miles away to fortify Deutscher Heights overlooking Boston Harbor. Seeing the danger British General Howe ordered an amphibious assault on the American position. Mm. However, the night before the assault was to begin, a hurricane or terrible storm hit the Boston area and disrupted Howe's plans. So he called off his attack on the American position due to, quote, the badness of the weather, end quote. (laughs) As a result of the sudden storm and the strength of the American position, Commanding movement in and out of Boston Harbor, General Howe ordered the British troops to evacuate Boston. Washington again wrote to his brother, quote, <laughs> this remarkable interposition of providence is for some wise purpose. I have no I have not a doubt. Let me say that again. This remarkable interpos- this remarkable interposition of providence is for some wise purpose. I have not a doubt. Mm. Again, hearkening back to the point I was making earlier, Mm -hmm. that if in real time 
you have individuals who are able to say, "Mm, God is doing something. This is for a purpose. Yeah. We are accountable. Now, listen to this, and, and I, I'll, I'll take my time reading this. I get kind of caught up in wanting to get everything in, reading quickly, and then stumbling over. But I, the point is that we understand and can recall God's providence in raising up this nation. Mm-hmm. Look, I love my country. Mm-hmm. I am so grateful to God to be an American. I am so grateful to God to be born in this country because God determining when I should live and the boundaries of my habitation did that so that I could seek for him. Acts 17, 26. So I am so grateful for this country. I'm grateful that is because of living here. I now have the gospel. I have the truth. But I got to tell you, if you really love your country, and I'm again, not to sound like a broken record, then there is no hope and there is no salvation without the clear presentation of the gospel going forth increasingly in this nation. Yeah. All right, here we go. In the summer of 1776, General Howe had a British force of more than 400 ships and 32,000 troops stationed around Staten Island and New York Harbor. George Washington gathered about 8,000 American troops to Brooklyn Heights on the western edge of Long Island. The British were able to land about 15,000 troops behind Washington's lines and inflict heavy losses on the Americans who were encircled on Brooklyn Heights with their backs to the East River. (laughs) However, The weather again proved to be a deciding factor. Strong winds, an ebbing tide, and incessant rain kept the British from further attacks on the American position and from moving their warships into the East River to cut off an escape route. Washington, realizing the danger of his position, ordered a nighttime evacuation of Long Island. That evening, (laughs) at about 11 p.m., The wind died down and a thick fog developed. (laughs) The wind died down and a thick fog developed, shrouding the American evacuation. And when the fog lifted later the next morning, the British were surprised to find that the American soldiers were nowhere to be found. (laughs) So so a coincidental fog Mm -hmm. descended. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to cover the Americans' evacuation when they are in a compromising position here. Mm. All right? Let me wow. continue. One American soldier wrote, Providentially for us, <laughs> a great fog arose, which prevented the enemy from seeing our retreat. Mm. End quote. Wow. The outcome of this battle has been described as so astonishing that many, including General Washington, Mm. attributed the safe retreat of the American army to the hand of God. If the wind, rain, and fog, termed the heavenly messenger, had not intervened for the Americans, they would have been captured. Washington would have been hanged, and the revolution would have come to an early end. Wow. Now listen, man, I, I, I could go on, and I might... That's not just coincidence. Listen, <laughs> you know, and, and, and what what we should also feel as Christians living in America mm-hmm. is that, whoa, God really does have a divine purpose for this nation. Amen. That doesn't make us arrogant. That doesn't make us high minded. Those make are us just humble. facts. That just should humble us. Yeah. Right. Like, Man. whoa, Lord, God, that you chose this small fledgling nation right. against all odds. 
There must be a purpose that you have for us. This is the same thing that Washington suggested there. This must be for divine purpose. Mm. The question I think for Americans today in the 21st century is, well, okay, what, what is that purpose or was that purpose? And have we outlived it? Is there a way for us to lay claim to that purpose again, to, to reclaim that purpose and then do it? Can we do it? It's look, and, and this is why I say, you know, and, and Will, you alluded to this and it's so mm-hmm. important. What we do in our homes cannot be overstated. Yeah. Raising our children to know God and then discipling them once they come to the knowledge of God, once they are filled with his spirit, once they have been converted, discipling them cannot be ignored. Amen. Why? Because this this is these are our future politicians. These are the people who are going to work in media. We despise the media, the media, the media. Uh, I, I would say, you know, and maybe some people can challenge me on this, but the, the, the you know, the seven deadly sins or the seven abominations, the things that the Lord hates, mm-hmm. the media checks off six of those boxes, at least <laughs> the media, the people who make up the media, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. right. But we, we hate the media. We say that they are, you know, they're deceiving us all the time. Then guess what? Maybe your kid will go into media. Right. Maybe your kid will make a difference, but your kid can only make a difference if your kid is different. That's right. That's right. That's, so, why, that's so, why the treasure is there, like right under our roofs, you know, to yes. see the change that we're, we're talking about. It, it starts in the home. And I think we we've been trained to bypass that. You know, uh, to to get to the world or to get Mm -hmm. to, you know, this or that or even to get the American dream, you know. Mm -hmm. So we've been bypassing the home so long that the home is in disrepair. You know, now we're seeing the manifestation of of that. That's exactly right. And so, look, if we hope to turn this thing around, Mm -hmm. let us start turning things around in our homes. You know, um, Dr. Ben Carson, part of his testimony was, you know, his mom with a third grade education, cleaning other people's homes. And one of the things that she noticed was that they read a lot of books. They had a lot of books in their home. Yeah. And she came home with her third grade education and with her sons was like, turn this up. Look, we're reading books. <laughs> we're reading. So what? Because if there's going to be a difference, if, if you guys are going to live differently, if you're going to do something different, then maybe let's do what seems to work. Right. Let's turn this around. Hmm. Successful people seem to read mm. books. You guys are going to read books. She doesn't even know what that really means for them. But they're going to read books. So listen, if a nation that fears the Lord is made up of people who fear the Lord, mm-hmm. then how do we instill in our kids a right fear and reverence of the Lord? That happens in our homes. Amen. That is important. We can't source that out, right? Because unfortunately, the people that we are kind of farming them out to, Oh man. They they actually are our enemies. I yeah. hate to say it. Not yeah. all of them, not all of them. But there <laughs> is there look, the ulterior motive is glaring here. Mm. When when you've got little kids who are celebrating days of silence, right? And you've got little kids the prerequisite for them being kind of a part of the in crowd is that they've got to state what their gender is. How do they <laughs> identify and all of these things that are happening. You understand? Look, these are the things that we in America, we've got to say, okay, hold on a second. Right? Um, how does the how does the Lord God see this? How's he viewing this? I could go on. There there are more stories that we could share when talking about the providence of the Lord and, and what he has done in establishing this nation. Mm-hmm. But I think ongoingly we see the sovereignty of God. Why yeah. is it that nations all around the world continue to look to us? 
They're wondering about our markets. They're wondering about our businesses. Right. They're wondering about our politics. And, you know, it takes a turning back to God, a repentance. Like, there's a way to write this, you know. Even God in his mercies call mm-hmm. upon his people to turn back and to repent, you Amen. know, from, from this wickedness and to change our ways and to seek him, you know. Uh, he's the That's one that right. has established us. So, You know, we try to teach our kids the true meaning of confession, meaning to say with God, to say the same. It's not just say, I'm sorry. It is right. to agree with God that something is utterly wrong, Amen. that it is reprehensible. Our nation needs to agree with God that we've gone off the rails Amen. and we need to repent. All right. We're out of time. Um, thank you so much for listening until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless.